The content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. We ready to do this? I am. We're all good? <laughs> yes, we are. It's Let's Let's Friday. Do it. You got it the fur balls fabulous. in there? That's right, baby. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I love when we do this. Ready, set, go. And the truth shall set you free. Welcome to One Life Radio. We are going higher indeed, everyone. And happy Furbulous Friday to you from all of us here at One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell and Marie Early broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. How you doing? <laughs> yeah. Happy Furbulous Friday. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Do you know my, uh, what do you call that thing that you just did that on, a megaphone? Is that what it's called? Yes. Yes. You might, you know, I have one. I dropped it yesterday, and the battery pack flew out of it, and I can't get it to work again. So my my, my megaphone is... You have to put the battery pack back in it. I know. Your, your megaphone Ber- is no longer so mega? I almost said, duh, Bernadette. Duh, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> But the little thing broke. Like, it's just, uh, it makes me so mad because it's like, what are you going to do with that? What am I going to do with that? I well, guess you I, get a soldering iron. Yeah. And you yeah. solder my, the thing yeah. back together. Some duct tape. I'll just, I'll just get out my soldering iron. That's some right. duct tape. Every <laughs> household I? needs a soldering iron. <laughs> can I say happy birthday to my mom? Of course you can. Yeah. Let's sing her happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to, to you, you Marie. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, dear Marie's Mar- mother. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> That's nice. And we don't care how old she is because youth is in your heart and your mind. Youth is in heart. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Well, we've got a great show today at the half. We've got Brooke Bentley. And the name of her book is Sideline Confidential. It's a great story, you guys. She's a former television anchor and award-winning sports reporter. And boy, does she have some behind-the-scenes stuff she's going to share with us. I can't wait. Uh, her book is amazing. It's called Sideline Confidential. But up first, we have Justin Goodman. He's a Master of Arts, and he's back. He is a Senior Vice President of Advocacy and Public Policy, Policy for White Coat White Coat waste project for more than 15 years justin has led high profile winning grassroots and lobbying campaigns to expose and and wasteful and cruel taxpayer funded experiments on dogs cats primates and other animals his his advocacy work is regularly featured in major media outlets uh, including fox news the new york times politico washington post wall street journal the hill hill uh daily caller washington times and niche publications and including Science and nature, nature, you can find Justin Goodman at whitecoatwaste.org. That's whitecoatwaste.org. And social, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at, wait, at whitecoatwaste. I don't know why I have so much trouble yeah. saying that. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. It is. I know. Just, I watched your video on your website about uh, the year in review, and it, it's funny because they have several uh, different uh, reporters kind of flubbing 
or uh, doing the same thing. Oh, well, good. I feel so, I white feel coat, so waste included. Project. White yes. Coat Waste Project. White Coat Waste Project. White Waste. Yeah. Wait, no, White Coat. Oh, Gary's got it. Yeah. yeah. I just say White Coat. I just there say White go. Coat. And then it, yeah. it you know, because I flubbed it enough times myself on TV <laughs> and on the radio. I learned my lesson. It's yeah. so good to know yeah. that I'm not the only one. I can't even tell you. But, you know, yeah. I remember you being on the show back about six months ago, and you were fabulous, and I love what you guys are doing at whitecoatwaste.org. So let's talk about it. This is the, the recap from the year, right? And so we really want to thank you for jumping on the air with us today. So can you tell our listeners or remind them about the mission of the White Coat Waste Project? Yeah, of course. Uh, White Coat Waste is a taxpayer watchdog group, a government watchdog group. We have about 3 million members across the country. And our sole mission is to get the government out of the animal testing business. You know, a lot of people don't realize that the U.S. government is the single largest funder of animal testing in the country, actually in the world. Wow. We waste about $20 billion a year just on animal testing through agencies like the National Institutes of Health. And it's more, the government spends more on animal testing than the entire private sector combined, drug companies, uh, pharma, uh, chemical companies, cosmetics companies. The government is the biggest offender, public enemy number one when it comes to animal testing. So our wow. focus is to stop the government from funding animal testing because if we are successful and we are making a lot of progress and if we are successful, we will knock out the biggest player in the game. Yeah, there's um, nothing more so, important than this. Just so many people that are uh, advocates of just kindness and 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 a- uh, anti cruelty to to everyone, and especially innocent animals. How I when you know when you put out those numbers and and say that our government are are the biggest you know players in this. Why why why, uh, Justin? Why? Yeah, it's you know it's become a big business. Unfortunately, you know there's colleges and universities across the country that are raking in tens and in some cases hundreds of millions of dollars each year just for animal testing so you know bad habits are hard to break and this is one of them you know animal testing really in the beginning of the 20th century started to come into play and it got entrenched in science Uh before we had modern knowledge and technology and better ways to do things yeah people thought that torturing animals and cutting them up was the best way to you know study diseases and biology and we know now that it's actually a very poor, you know, a lot of the animal experimentation being funded by the government is to, you know, with the alleged purpose of helping people. And we know better than ever, you know, these agencies that fund animal testing admit that the overwhelming majority of drugs, 90 to 95 percent of drugs that pass these animal tests fail in people because they're dangerous or they simply don't work. So it's mm-hmm. actually a very inefficient, ineffective and wasteful, never mind cruel way to help people and there's a lot of people suffering right now because we're wasting so much time and money and energy at the government level on animal testing that is you know the only people it's helping is the people lying in their pockets doing it so Mm -hmm. when we have our campaign to stop animal testing you see colleges and universities across the country rallying to interfere and prevent us from helping animals because mm-hmm. they see dollar signs. You know, where wow. we see where we see a dog or a cat or a monkey in a life that matters, they mm-hmm. see a dollar sign. Yeah. And they bring their lobbyists to Capitol Hill and try to fight our work. Um, yeah. But luckily, you know, a, an overwhelming majority of the public is on mm-hmm. our side and we're able to rally people 
across the country, and we're also mm-hmm. able to rally members of Congress. We like to say we work with the Freedom Caucus to the squad, you know, the far left, the far right, and everyone in mm-hmm. between, and we bring them together around this one issue. These are people who don't really agree with very much else on Capitol Hill, mm-hmm. um, but we are able to bring them together to help animals and stop government waste and ultimately you know, help mm-hmm. people get cures and treatments more quickly and efficiently. Well, yeah, I mean, this type of treatment of animals is so sinister and it's so Neanderthal. And it is refreshing to hear that both sides can come together on this issue. It's just it's it's it should be unheard of. I can't believe that it not only does it take place, but take place in the volume that it does. But as you said, it's a 20 billion dollar industry, basically. And so that's pretty hard to shut down. You know, people will lose jobs. They could find other jobs. But, you know, I don't know how how do we begin to fight this, Justin? Uh, by first of all, uh, contributing to whitecoatwaste.org, I think is a great place to start. But what else can we do? Well, yeah, I mean, donating is great. You know, we are a small nonprofit, and the overwhelming majority of our revenue comes from donations from advocates and caring people around the country who give, you know, $10 at a time. And that adds uh-huh. up when you have tens and hundreds of thousands of people across the country joining our efforts. So we're very grateful for that. Um, but, you know, the, the thing about our work and the reason we also focus on government animal testing is because we live in a democracy. I know sometimes it doesn't seem like that <laughs> when we yeah. see what the government's doing, <laughs> but we do have a say in what the government does. And we can hold our elected officials accountable for decisions that the government is making and how our money is being spent and what the government is doing to animals. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you go to our website, one of the things you can do is not only donate, but you can join our mailing list. And by doing that, you're going to get alerts. Um, you'll, you can get alerts via email. You can see, you know, if you follow us on social at White Coat Waste, you'll see our, post our contact Congress alerts on social. And we also do text alerts. And this is when, you know, we, we take the opportunity to reach out to our advocates. And with the click of a button that, you know, you fill your email address in. And you'll automatically send a letter to your, you know, everyone has three representatives in Congress. They have their Mm -hmm. member of the House of Representatives and they have two senators. And when you sign our alerts, you send a personalized letter to all three of them telling them, you know, whatever the issue is, whether it's Mm -hmm. the NIH's testing on dogs or cats or the FDA's testing on primates or whatever the case might be. You let them know. You make your voice heard. These people are accountable to you. Mm -hmm. You know, they get elected into office by people who live in their district and those people can decide whether they want to keep those people in office mm-hmm. or not based on mm-hmm. how responsive they are. And yeah. we give people the tools to hold the government accountable mm-hmm. for what's happening to animals. You know, there's hundreds of millions, there's a, over a hundred million animals in labs in the United States. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of work to be done to get them out and save them and protect them from abuse, particularly with tax dollars. And our members of Congress have the power to do that. Yeah. And does they it, just have to hear from enough of us and know it's something that people care about. Does it? Does the president uh, have any um, say in this or executive power to, like, say, shut down animal testing uh, nationally? Uh, the president has a lot of authority to inter- intervene in something like this. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, we've been a little disappointed with the current administration. There's, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of decisions that uh, were made even during tr- the Trump era. You know, yeah. I think a lot of people don't think of Donald Trump as someone who is a friend to causes like animal rights or animal welfare. But mm-hmm. actually, the people, you know, the people running these agencies under him did make a lot of progress 
at reducing animal testing. So, you know, one example that we've been working on is at the Department of Veterans Affairs, where we were able to wipe out, essentially wipe out testing on dogs and cats. You know, they were putting, they were injecting latex into beagle puppies' arteries and forced them to oh, run on yeah. treadmills to give them heart attacks. Oh. And they were drilling into cats, you know, kitten skulls, oh, uh, collapsing goodness. their lungs, doing all kinds of horrible things to dogs and cats. And we were able to get a policy in place, the first in government history, to basically phase that out by 2025. And we successfully did that. By the end of last year, there was not a single dog or cat being experimented on in the VA's labs anymore. However, uh, the current VA uh, secretary, Dennis McDonough, has actually personally signed off on a plan to restart cat testing. Oh, my gosh. Oh my yeah. God! Let's yeah. test on him. How about we test him? Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just. So you know, so, and so there's been, you know, we make, but this, you know, this is how government is. You know, you always have to be fighting, be vigilant to make sure good policies oh, yeah. don't get rolled back. But that's yeah. one example of, you know, we expected well, the Biden administration to at least maintain that, not roll mm-hmm. it back. And we've seen the same thing, unfortunately, at a few other agencies, where unfortunately the current administration has been disappointing. So yes, the president has a lot of authority. The heads of these agencies, the cabinet members, the secretaries uh-huh. of these agencies have a lot of authority to do good if they decide to do so. Um, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think of uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is running for president as an independent. He's such an animal guy. I mean, he's protected animals for his whole life. Uh, there's a lot of fascinating stories in uh, his book about nature and animals and stuff. And so that's just one of the reasons I like him. But, Marie, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just reading on December 29, 2022, President Joe Biden signed the FDA Modernization Act. Uh it uh, eliminates the requirement that pharmaceutical companies test new drugs on animals before humans. So does that help, Justin? That kind yeah, of, so the, it's we, up to their discretion, I guess. Yeah, so that. one of the problems that we've confronted, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I, I said the government is public enemy number one, and that's not only in terms of funding animal experiments at its own labs or colleges and universities, but also at requiring federal uh, requiring Mm. private companies to do animal testing when it's unnecessary. So we were able to work with a bipartisan coalition for the last couple of years. It was a campaign we launched called Cut FDA Red Tape. And we worked with a bipartisan coalition, people like uh, Democrat Senator Cory Booker, uh, Republican Senator Rand Paul, uh, Congresswoman Nancy Mace from South Carolina. All great people. Yeah, Rand Paul is a big champion of all of our efforts. We work really closely with him. Um, And we were able to get that bill into the big spending package at the end of last year and get it signed into law. So that removes the outdated requirement that was from 1938 and until last year it was still in place that forced drug companies to test on animals, even if they didn't want to. Uh, And we had situations. We were working with a company called Vanda Pharmaceuticals that didn't want to test on dogs, and the FDA was insisting that they did so, and they actually held up a drug that was pr- a promising treatment for COVID symptoms because Vanda was refusing to kill mm. dogs in completely unnecessary and actually very expensive tests. They wanted them to kill beagle puppies, oh. and Vanda said no, and their drug oh. has been held up as a result of it. It makes so, me think of my, my yeah. little Peter boy downstairs that I rescued from a uh, from a. Um, 
puppy mill. Anyway, we have to go to break. Uh, we've got so much more to talk about with Justin Goodman, everyone. He is the Senior Vice President of Advocacy and Public Policy for the White Coat Waste Project. We will be right back. You can visit them at whitecoatwaste.org. Stay tuned. You are listening to One Life Radio. If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at oneliferadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, barricade. <laughs> We've all heard the mantra that vaccines are safe and effective, but is it really true? Turtles All the Way Down, Vaccine Science and Myth is an in-depth review and analysis of the science on vaccine safety. By the time you finish reading, not only will you see the answer clearly for yourself, you will also have the scientific references and quotes at your disposal that prove it. More than 1,200 of them. From mainstream scientific papers and textbooks to official government publications and vaccine manufacturer's documents. Whether you are new to the vaccine debate or a veteran seeking a deeper grasp of the science, Turtles All the Way Down Vaccine Science and Myth is a must-read. Now available on Amazon. Magnesium supports the health of nearly every system in the human body, yet it can be difficult to maintain healthy levels through diet or supplements. The ideal way to restore and maintain healthy magnesium levels is through your body's largest, most efficient organ of absorption, your skin. Be sure that your body is getting the magnesium it needs with Ancient Minerals, the number one recommended topical magnesium among health practitioners worldwide. Their lotions, highly concentrated magnesium oils, bath salts, and gels make it easy to get the daily magnesium you need to thrive. And the best part? Ancient Minerals is part of Enviromedica, a name synonymous with quality and integrity. Learn more about magnesium and ancient minerals at Enviromedica.com. Hi, this is Kevin Nealon. Did you know that tens of millions of animals are killed in laboratories every year in experiments that don't improve human health? Nine out of 10 new drugs that work in animals fail in humans. Imagine if a mail carrier couldn't find 95% of houses, they'd be out of a job. So why are we still experimenting on animals like it's 1950? It's time for real research that can actually help human patients. Visit PETA.org to learn how to fight this wasteful fake science. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. Back to One Life Radio, everyone. It is Fabulous Friday, and this is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Justin Goodman. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas, on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Sorry Justin. about that. You caught us chit-chatting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear anything. I almost missed that cue because we were talking. I was, talking like, I was yeah. going along. Just I got Justin back on the air with us. If you're just now joining us, he is the senior vice president of advocacy and public policy for the White Coat Waste Project. We're talking about uh, your your project year in review. So, what? Uh, let me ask you this. So, what are some of the highlights uh, that you haven't mentioned yet from 2023 that you can share? Yeah, so one of the biggest developments this year is that we successfully shut down the FDA's largest monkey lab. Um, Back in late 2016, we started investigating uh, an FDA lab down in Arkansas that at the time it had 
close to 300 monkeys there, and they were addicting, among other things, they were addicting baby monkeys to nicotine oh, um, for years. Arkansas, you can they do were better. Babies until they were, yeah, adolescents. And mm-hmm. uh, in 2018, we exposed that. Pro- well, we, we, we finally exposed that project once we got documents from the government, and the FDA had at the time actually halted the project and then subsequently shut it down and sent those monkeys to a sanctuary in Florida. And actually, my staff was just down there uh, a couple of weeks ago visiting those monkeys on their five-year anniversary Aww. of getting released and rescued. That was the first time in history, actually, that the FDA retired any monkeys, and we subsequently got a policy put in place at the FDA that allows other animals to get retired as well. Mm. Um, But that was just one of the monkey experiments that was happening at this laboratory down in Arkansas uh, run by the FDA. And this summer, and actually, now that I think of it, I think I might have learned this information the last time I was on this show, not while I was on the show, but right as I was getting online to talk to you all. Uh I remember getting an email about this. It might have been right around that same time. Uh, we learned that the FDA retired, uh, shut down all primate testing at this laboratory. Now, at the peak, there were several hundred monkeys there, and now there is zero um, at this laboratory down in Arkansas. And actually, mm-hmm. we've now cut the FDA's use of primates by 63% since we started our campaign mm-hmm. um, back in 2016. So that was huge because this is a, you know, this is a laboratory we've been focusing on for over five years. Wow. We've been working with Congress. You know, I said we work with Republicans and Democrats, and we had rallied folks from both sides of the sides of the aisle to mm-hmm. pass and enact successfully legislation year after year in the FDA spending bills directing them to reduce primate use and retire monkeys. Uh, and ultimately, it was successful and has been successful by reducing, uh, you know, by the agencies of use of monkeys wonderful. by almost two thirds. And these are experiments where they're, you know, they were addicting them to various drugs and then forcing them to withdraw, withdrawal, killing their mm-hmm. babies, just horrible, God, stuff. terrible. Uh, well, and it's now do, stopped. Why do human beings, some of them, not all of us, but why do human beings uh, think that that's okay on any level? I just don't even get it. And I'm quite glad I don't get it because you have to have a kind of a sick mind to think that that's okay and participate in that and somehow normalize it. That is not normal. It's not right. It's Neanderthal. It's cruel. It's just, it's, it's terrible. It's just terrible. I, 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 it's hard for me to wrap my head around it and believe that anyone would even want to participate in any such kind of, I don't know, just, just awfulness, for lack of a better word. You know, it just seems like so terrible. Right? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely, yeah, no, it's absolutely horrendous. I mean, you know, we call these people the white coats. Um, and they get a free pass. You know, these are things that would then land you in jail if it happened outside oh, of the yeah. laboratory. And meanwhile, exactly. these people are being paid with our money um, to, to torture animals. You know, one of the other big developments we had this year in our success stories is that we've reduced the use of dogs in uh, the National Inst- Institutes of Health's in-house labs in near D.C. by 95 percent in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, they were doing things like. Uh, taking beagle puppies and strapping capsules full of uh, infectious flies to the dogs and letting them essentially eat them alive and infect mm-hmm. them until they got sick. Um, that experiment got stopped, and now there's only one project left at the NIH that we're trying to shut down. And actually, that project 
speaking of sick things that people do to animals, mm-hmm. uh, what they're doing now is they give they they pump pneumonia bacteria into these dogs' lungs directly oh to send them into septic shock, and then they slice that they bleed them out and then give them blood trans experimental blood transfusions. Jesus. After which they kill the dogs. This is the last project left in the NIH's in-house labs. Yeah, and the Uh, NIH kind of shut it down. And uh, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to get. I was going on another rant about the NIH. Just (laughs) stop me. (laughs) I hate them. They're evil. Um, They're partly responsible in a big way for everything that happened over COVID too. So many people that have been injured by the vaccines. You know, the NIH was behind that, and 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 all the bioweapons and all these things that have done so much harm. You know, it's just like it, it. They're a big part of the military industrial complex. They really are, and it's just and the and and it's all government funded right i mean a taxpayer yeah. funded it's it's it i, I it's hard yeah. to talk about it without swearing quite truthfully no, no, i know i've right been right hovering over connect. the stump button i've heard them coming <laughs> i have heard them know, on the tip of like, your tongue <laughs> you're right though all of these things are you make a great point though that all of these things are interconnected back in early 2020 we were the first group to expose how the nih was funding the bad experiments at the wuhan lab that you know, now the FBI and the Department of Energy and most Americans believe caused the pandemic. They were did. the U.S. tax dollars were paying people to go into these labs, sorry, into these bat caves in southern China, collect these wild bat coronaviruses and bring bats back to the lab in Wuhan in the middle of the major metropolitan city and then supercharge those viruses to make them more dangerous and infectious to human beings. Yep. We yep. were paying for this. Yeah. And the lab leak broke out. Then the government tried to cover up the fact that they mm-hmm. were doing that. And now mm-hmm. we've spent the last few years trying to hold them accountable. Yep. Just two weeks ago, we successfully passed legislation in the House of Representatives to defund those type of virus engineering experiments. They're mm-hmm. called gain of function. That's when they take yeah. these viruses, they soup them up, and then they inject them into animals like primates, like mice to see how sick they make them and if they can and basically to see how sick humans would get. They want, yeah. They're trying to see if these these humanized mice will mimic how sick humans can get. Right. And that's what happens. You're, they're playing with fire, and that's how we got this pandemic, and that's how we're going to get another one yep. unless we crack down yep. on these types of dangerous animal right. experiments that put place public health in peril. Amen, brother. Like, seriously. Um, and people really don't understand, as you said, like, all of this is interconnected. And from that bio, you know, those bioweapons and this research, then they create the vaccine that they sell for you and make billions and trillions of dollars on that. This is a very dark industry, all of it. Collectively, it's a very, very dark industry, and it must be stopped. So... Yeah, absolutely. And we're working, you know, and, you know, so we're working on animal experiments, you know, from, from the, from, we, from silly stuff, to stupid stuff, yeah. to sick stuff, to things that are actually dangerous and that, you know, put humanity at risk, mm-hmm. like gain-of-function experiments on humanized mice and other animals. So we're trying to save puppies. We're trying to save kittens. We're trying to get monkeys out of laboratories. But then we're also working to stop this crazy virus hunting mm-hmm. where they're going and messing with wild bats and other wildlife. Yep. Leave yep. them alone. Let them be. And, you know, stop taking them into labs and doing these Frankenvirus experiments on them because yeah. we, the worst case scenario came true with COVID. It did. You know, and we I, and had I the say- government 
Yeah. No, you go ahead. ahead. I was just going to I was going to say because I know we're going to have to go to break in a second. I um, I would be remiss if I did not bring up um, the 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 Wuhan cover up and the terrifying bioweapons arms race. It's a book that comes out December 4th, written by Robert F. Kennedy, Jr., a New York Times bestselling author, the Wuhan cover up. And he goes through all of it in this book. And and everything you said was absolutely true, Justin. And I I applaud you for talking about it and fighting this fight with the White Coat Waste uh, Project and whitecoatwaste.org. I mean, the work that you guys are doing is is so important on many, many, many levels, not just laboratories and what goes on inside them, right? It affects all of us. It's a trickle down from the top. Agreed? Absolutely, yeah. When you know we're you know we're in this to help animals and to stop government waste, but the the, the big you make a great point. I mean, the big picture here is that some of this animal abuse not only hurts animals, but really hurts everyone and not just hurts their pocketbook in terms of wasting money, but kills, you know, in the case of COVID and the experiments in Wuhan Mm -hmm. that sparked the pandemic literally killed, you know, tens of millions of people Mm -hmm. because reckless animal experimenters were screwing around with viruses and torturing animals without regard for what the consequences of that might be. Mm -hmm. And And that's how we ended up in the situation we're in now. And that's been happening for decades. And, People have been warning for decades that doing these types of animal experiments risked causing a pandemic. Uh, and then that finally came true. You know, we were RFK Jr. Uh, cited a bunch of our investigations in his last book. I haven't mm-hmm. seen the new one yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if any of our stuff will be in there. But there's a paper trail going back decades, mm-hmm. but in going back in Wuhan almost a decade where they knew that this stuff could cause a pandemic and they were writing workarounds in their own policies to allow yeah. them to do these dangerous animal experiments and, anyway. And racing to create vaccines, okay, to go along with these bioweapons. And so it's all which connected. Are on animals. Yeah. Which are yep, also which are, tested on animals. Right. <laughs> so, right. And fa- in fact, yeah, my so veterinarian. the price. Yeah, they do, and I, we do have to right, go, but I have to say my veterinarian told me a lot of animals have died with them trying to come up, you know, with all this with the coronavirus it's never yep. worked and a lot of money's yep. been made and uh, we could go on and on i hope you'll come back sooner rather than later justin goodman everyone thank you so much justin for jumping on the air with us today keep up the good fight brother thank you all yes, right, brother. Thank and, you too. yes and everybody please donate even if it's just five dollars a month on an auto uh, pay uh, to whitecoatwaste.org go to the website pitch in help and we're going to fight this together all together, every one of us. <laughs> All right. I'm Thanks, jumping everyone. off the box. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Justin Goodman, everyone. Uh, stay tuned. We've got Brooke Bentley coming up. We're going to be talking about her fantastic book, Sideline Confidential, a novel. Stay tuned to One Life Radio. Follow us on social media at One Life Radio. Centuries before scientists identified the incredible nutritive value of beef liver, our ancestors naturally revered it for the energy and vitality it provides. But most people today find liver's health benefits much more appealing than its flavor. That's why our partner Enviromedica offers a superior New Zealand grass-fed beef liver supplement. All the complex benefits of this ancient powerhouse superfood in modern, easy-to-swallow capsule form. Find out how to rewild yourself for optimum health at Enviromedica.com. That's Enviromedica.com. Children's Health Defense, led by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., is devoted to the health of all people and the planet. Their team fights tirelessly against the public health policies, practices, and mandates that are harming our health, 
and threatening our medical freedoms. Children's Health Defense steps in where others fear to tread. Visit childrenshealthdefense.org and tune in every Monday for health freedom news and views with the president of Children's Health Defense, Mary Holland. Wellbeing Journal is a remarkable bi-monthly health publication esteemed by intelligent readers worldwide. It's available in print or digital, single issues or subscription. Its focus is on living a happy, healthy life and preventing or healing illnesses naturally. Preventing or healing cancer, arthritis, cardiovascular conditions, and digestive issues, as well as nutritional solutions for optimal health are regular subjects. Learn more at wellbeingjournal.com. Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at oneliferadio.com. Contagiously positive, One Life Radio is back. All right, everyone. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell and Marie Early continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. We have Brooke, uh, Brooke Bentley with us. She is a former television anchor and award-winning sports reporter. After graduating with a master's in journalism from the University of Southern California, she spent two years working for the Houston Texans as a media personality and over a decade working in sports journalism Brooke now devotes her time to championing championing yeah, that's not correct championing I can't say it you guys <laughs> championing <laughs> Oh, my God, you guys. Local nonprofits, including Homemade Hope, where she served as the development director. She and her husband live in Houston and are raising two young boys. Her book, Sideline Confidential, is Brooke's debut novel where she shares her firsthand knowledge of the challenges women uh, women professionals face in the male-dominated world of professional sports. You can find Brooke simply on social and her website at Brooke. Bentley, and that's with an E-B-R-O-O-K-E, Bentley, like the automobile. <laughs> Welcome to One Life Radio, Brooke. How are you doing today? I'm great, Bernadette. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I love your book. I didn't get to read all of it, but I got I cracked a good portion of it. And I think that it's really um, important to talk about this. Uh, we still we've come a long way, but we still have not come far enough as women professionals in this world. And it's obvious from from the start that gender plays a role, an important role in this book. So what inspired you to write such a pointed story? Why now? You know, Bernadette, when I was getting going in my career with the Houston Texans, I was very young. I was right out of journalism school. Uh, I went to USC, like you mentioned, and got a job with the Texans right away. And I really wasn't prepared to work in such a powerful sports organization like the NFL. And um, I, I just wasn't equipped. And, you know, you're dealing with huge egos and people in huge power positions. And, you know, my first week of work, I was told by my boss that I could not ride the bus with the players and coaches to games that I would be a potential distraction for them. Isn't thought, that crazy? Be a distraction. I know that crazy. I mean, they play next to cheerleaders. They play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. I mean, what? I was like in a cheap suit right out of school. Why am I going to distract them? Right. Um, but I, I made a middle note of that. And I thought, you know, one day I'm going to make notes of these things that happen um, during my work tenure and I'll write a book. It'll be like the devil wears Prada, but set in the NFL. 
Uh, but, you know, then I went around <laughs> my career and I was, you know, I was mommying. I had two kids. I was working and I just never really made the book happen until 2020 when life slowed down for everyone a little bit. Mm. And then there was a big breaking news scandal out of Washington, D.C. with the then Redskins, now Commanders about the toxic work culture there. And I, I knew people who had worked there. And I thought, okay, this book really needs to happen. And I don't need to have it set when I worked for the Texans and have it set, you know, it's present day, because look at what's happening now. And there's more serious stuff than what necessary. I mean, I had some of my stories are played out in the book, but what happens in the book is, is not my story. I mean, it's a compilation of stories of other women in the NFL um, who, who really experienced a lot of challenges. So I think really what happened in D.C., got me motivated with a fire underneath me and I thought okay I'm making this book happen yeah I saw it last night when I was watching the cowboy game on uh, on Thursday night football on prime uh Clarissa and I'm trying to think of her last name right now and she does the lineup with yes yes Thompson is that it is that what you said mm-hmm. yes. yeah yeah and I, I love her and she's really smart and so but if, if you've ever noticed I don't know if you watch football anymore or often with two I young boys you. but we had the game on <laughs> you did okay so do, is it just oh, yeah. me or do they never hardly ever do a close-up of her and they just go you know the camera's always um far away when it's on all the guys it's rare that they even give her a chance to talk or do a close-up and and it bothers me like it was it was bugging me last night as I was watching the game and thinking why do they do that why are they doing that why is what she has to say any less important or less intelligent because it's not she's very very good um she's astute she really is up compared to all those other guys and you you still see it to this day is my point you do and what I also wanted to capture in this book Bernadette is that there's a tightrope women have to walk in this industry and it's not just sport the sports journalism industry it's a lot of industries um but you need to be pretty but not sexy right you need to know a lot but don't know more than the men in the room and it's a difficult tightrope i disagree with both of those yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, and that's what they do to her. That's what they do to Clarissa. I, you see it over every every Thursday night on football. I watch it over and over. It's just kind of maddening. It's like whatever she has to say is not as, as as important as whatever they have to say. And I love that you address it in your book, Sideline Confidential. Thank you. And, you know, the other reason why I wanted to write it is I uh, I had two children while I was working. And I really realized how different it is for women who have children while they're working in such a public um, profession because I was pregnant on the sidelines, had my baby, and I came back after six weeks maternity leave because I wanted to work before the Super Bowl. And uh-huh. my boss looked at me and he said, gosh, I thought you would have lost more baby weight by now. And I was oh, devastated, Bernadette. I mean, I was yeah. crying. And so oh, yeah. I'm like, guys, I don't have to deal with that. I mean, I just had a baby six weeks ago and mm-hmm. I'm up all night and I have, I'm, t- I'm exhausted. And trying to figure it all out and juggle the schedules and all those things. Um, and so that was another, you know, impetus for me. I thought it's so much harder for women to balance all of the things, oh, the, yeah. the career, the it. kids, the marriage, all of that in a, of in that. a type of career. Yeah. And then expected to look like a model six weeks after a baby. Uh, it's just right. crazy. The pressure <laughs> that they put on women to um, be thin in this in this world, in this country, so much so that you've got, you know, people injecting themselves with Ozempic to uh, toe the line and put their own health, uh, you know, in question. And uh, it's a very detrimental drug. And so many people are doing it. But, you know, I'm looking at oh, the clock. We, 
Yeah, it is unbelievable. We'll talk about it when we come back. I, I'm, I'm sorry we're a little short on time. I was trying to save the all the animals. Brooke, we went a little <laughs> long. I, I'm a dog owner, Bernadette, oh. so I hear you. I love animals. <laughs> right. Well, we'll be right back. More coming up with Brooke Bentley, you guys, and her book, Sideline Confidential. Stay tuned. You're listening to One Life Radio. You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at oneliferadio.com. The ecosystems of the body and the earth are inseparable. Gut health is the foundation of all health. And just as biodiversity is integral to the health of the earth's ecosystems, microbial diversity and balance are key to the health of your gut microbiome. I have been taking Enviromedica probiotics for over six years now, and I encourage you to try them as well. Rewild your gut with spore-based probiotics and wild-harvested prebiotics. Visit Enviromedica.com and check out all of their excellent products. Get reconnected to the earth with Enviromedica. That's Enviromedica.com. In today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must-reads in the fight for truth. The Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. And Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. Everyone, welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Brooke Bentley. Uh, she is a former television anchor and award-winning sports reporter that has written a book called Sideline Confidential, a novel, and we're discussing it. And uh, Jerry, I understand that you wanted to ask Brooke a question. Yes, we were chit-chatting over the break. Okay. Because I, I had a concern. She said something and, and flags went off in my head, so I asked her, when she was pregnant, like really, really pregnant on the sidelines there at the uh, on the football field, did they take any kind of extra precautions for her seeing as she was pregnant? Because you see all these videos all the time of like cheerleaders and the cameramen and, and reporters and stuff getting mm -hmm. absolutely creamed by football players running out of bounds. So I was wondering if they had, you know, made any any uh, any safety things for her. Like Jerry, you know what? you're the first person who's ever asked me that I, in, in my entire career. So. Wow. Um, a very thoughtful question. Uh, yeah, well, so funny because I was eight and a half months pregnant doing a college game at NRG Stadium where the Texans play, and I was lined up. There was, a, I think, a red zone play, and the ref ran over and stopped the game and said, hold on, I would like you to move back. I, he looked at me and goes, I think they're going to run a run play over here. And oh, wow. he goes, I, I just, this is making me really nervous. And he was right. I, so I moved back. And the, the, the running back came barreling to where I had been standing. 
Oh, and um, wow. there ended up being an injury. I know it's crazy. There ended up being an injury after the play, and so I'm sitting there taking some notes, seeing you know who's got who's on the ground, and a cannon goes off to signal the touchdown, and I jumped. <laughs> I mean, it scared me, and then my baby's going crazy in my stomach, and a producer comes in on my ear. He said, "We saw you jump. Are you going into labor? Because that would be really good for ratings. Because I mean, you'd be on ESPN's top ten if you were in labor right now." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't believe it. I was like, I'm not going into labor yet, but I mean, this is a huge fear for my baby sitting next to my cannon that just went off. I'm not so, going into labor, I mean, but I am getting kicked right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then I had to do a stand up about the injury that had just happened. I mean, my baby's went crazy in my stomach, and I thought, this is my last game for a while. I think this will be my last game and, until after maternity leave because I, it is time for me to be done. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. That really is. And so you, you've had a very interesting life. Is there anything that you didn't get to say in Sideline sideline Confidential that you wish you could say? Because you have the floor, sister. You can say whatever you want. We are not censored and we want the truth. What would you like to say to the audience? <laughs> you know, Bernadette, I think what has been so great with this book is the timing, really. It, it came out sort of on the wave of a real uplifting female empowerment type of summer with Taylor Swift's Eras Tour. I mean, and who knew she would be dating an NFL player? That's also given my book exposure to like people who weren't even into sports. Um, but then with the Barbie movie, and there's just it's sort of like you know been this fun um, camaraderie almost. And I, I think what I really wanted this book to do is speak to young women, especially who are entering male-dominated industries, and say, listen, you're not alone, and people make mistakes out there. But a People have your back, and it's okay to make mistakes. You can learn from them. And three, find a mentor. I mean, it's so helpful having other women who've done what you've done, be able to connect with them. And um, I just wanted there to feel that connection. And it's so great because the timing of the book, I think women were already sort of feeling connected in different ways um, in pop culture. Yeah. Well, you had my dream job. I always wanted to, I wanted to be Aaron Andrews. I still do. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to be Aaron Andrews? I know. I just, I love football. Clearly you do as well. And I just, I think uh, there was at a time before I had children, I knew the game so well. I probably could have done the job had I had any connections or anything like that. Marie's waving her hand. She wants to ask something too. Well, I don't know football, but I know pop culture. So Brooke, do you think that, that that Taylor Swift's relationship is real or set up? You know, in the beginning, <laughs> I thought it was a little, I was like, I had my doubts, to be honest. Um, it, it was seeming forced. But, you know, it's hard when you're like the queen of pop music yeah. to form an organic relationship, probably. I mean, you're getting your people are kind of, you know, talking to other people. And um, clearly he had wanted to meet her. I mean, he, you know, he put all these signals out there. Even Erin Andrews in her podcast with Clarissa Thompson, they were trying to set them up. <laughs> And so, I mean, oh my gosh! So saying, Taylor, give him a chance. He really wants to meet you. He's a good guy. He, um, Aaron Andrews had a baby through a surrogate, and so she said, "You know, he sent me a baby gift. Like you got to give Aww. this guy a try." So Aww. there's been all this stuff out there about them. Um, you know, I, I have, I now think. I mean, it seems like they are spending a lot of time together, and yeah. she's in Kansas City, and she's flying her plane there and spending time at his house, and you know. Yeah. 
to it, it's seeming more real like it's you know that there's a real relationship yeah. there and i just want to say that travis um, um kelsey he's wrong about the vaccines and so is taylor swift they're both wrong they're not safe or effective i would be remiss if i didn't say that and i can so i will <laughs> uh, i think that they're just really uh getting and they're getting paid a lot of money to promote it and and they well, really say <laughs> And they're very ignorant yeah. about the subject, quite truthfully, without being insulting. To, I like Taylor Swift, I do, but th- she's very ignorant about the topic of vaccines, and so is Travis Kelsey. Um, but um, uh, they, 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 uh, why are you looking Did, at me that oh, way? Oh, because I didn't know. I don't think, I don't think she does. He yeah, did. They he both did. Do. He did, but yeah. I didn't know she yeah. did. Anyway. Uh, well, the NFL, I mean, look at what the, uh, we won't go down that yeah. path. I, that's not, we want to talk about your book, Sideline Confidential. But, um, you know, it, I just, I really, uh, I love your book. I, from what I've read of it, I didn't complete it yet. Um, I typically like to do that before we interview, but um, I thought it was important to get your message out sooner rather than later. So many women have to make decisions every single day, right, Brooke, about what they're going to yeah. do in their life, their career, their family. And it's important that we you use the word camaraderie that we all stick together right and support one another exactly and I ultimately stepped away after my second child um speaking to a lot of what you do with your podcast he has celiac disease and we didn't and actually I found out within the last year that I have it um oh wow was when in yeah around two it was so hard because he was getting sick all the time. He was very underweight, and um, people kept saying he's colicky, he's a picky eater. And I thought, no, there's something else going on. Yeah. And I need to focus on my family. And it's hard because I work weekends, nights, holidays, right. I'm away all the time. Yeah. And I started keeping food journals. And so we are a very, I mean, we are a gluten free household. We're I very focused I, on um, gut health and like what my kids eat. I love and it. And I've been able to get through. I mean, my son is doing incredibly well. And, but we, you know, that's something that I really focus on is like the functional yeah. medicine. Well, you know what? And We're so g- I'm going to send you, I, I have to cut to you, I have to cut, I have to cut you off and I hate that. Otherwise I'm not going to hit the oh, goalpost, no. <laughs> but I can't wait for you to come back on. I'd love to have you back and we'll send you some links that you'll find very informative. Everyone, you get one body, you get one mind and you get one life. Get out there and live it, girls. Live it.